the Tom Sumner Program. Old Fashioned Radio for a New Generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. This is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. It's time now for Armchair Politics. Join host Tom Sumner for this weekly reality check on current events in local, state, and national politics and the real issues that really matter. You, too, can be part of Armchair Politics. Find us on Facebook. We let the dogs off their leash. Stay tuned. Because it's on now. Hey, good morning and welcome to this week's edition of Armchair Politics, our weekly roundtable on the Tom Sumner program. Joining me for today's edition of Armchair Politics, our panel of political pundits includes, on the left, Flint's premier political pundit, Paul Rosicki. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Paul. Good to be here. Good to be here. Oh, getting some echo there. Getting some kind of echo, yeah. On the, on the right, we have longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter. Hi, Henry. Good morning. Morning, Henry. Good morning. And, and last but not least, and it's always a treat when we're joined by political operative Bobby Clayton Walton. Good morning, Bobby. Morning, guys. Morning, Good Bobby. Morning. Well, the echo's, Good to hear you. The, the echo's gone. Was somebody... Uh, was that one of those turn down your radio things? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we're, maybe we're in touch with those flying saucers. Yeah, it could yeah, be. It could be. It. It could be. Or, My uh, electronic equipment is turned off. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Uh, let's. Uh, well, as we usually start out uh, armchair politics with some quotes. The first one is uh, modeled after Flint-based comedian Mark Bono's Facebook feature. Finish the joke. We start armchair politics with 
finish the quote where I ask you how would you finish this quote, and it goes like this. One of the reasons people hate politics is, how would you finish this quote? Politicians. <laughs> <laughs> they, have to make, they have to make choices. Yeah, they have to make, they, have to, they can affect your life. Yeah. Well, the original quote was, one of the reasons people hate politics is that truth is rarely a politician's objective. Election and power are. Oh. Yeah, oh. so I was right. Pretty yeah. much. <laughs> uh, that they, they came, by the way, from uh, American journalist uh, Cal Thomas. Oh, oh Okay. Okay, up next, uh, a quote that got my attention this week. This isn't about politics. This is about keeping our children safe. Hmm. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer? Yeah, that was my guess, too. Maybe it was our, um, our director of our public health here in Genesee County, Dr. Hackert. No, it was, in fact, President Joe Biden. On Thursday, he hit out at anti-masking protesters for politicizing the COVID-19 pandemic, saying he was particularly disturbed by scenes at a school board meeting in Tennessee earlier this week. Is it ever not, is it ever not about politics anymore? It seems like everything is one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty awful. We're going to have to find a. We're going to have to undergo a renaissance before we can get back to what the truth was pre-COVID nineteen. We have to go. I don't, how many years? I don't know. But everything is so politicized. Yeah, it's, I think it goes back before COVID, though, Henry. I think it goes for the last decade or two. It's been so part of yeah, almost yeah. everything. You know. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If we only had a time machine. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Um, where, where, if you had a time machine, Bobby, would you want to go back or forward? Well, I used to think about that. The thing about going back is it's somewhat predictable. The thing about going forward is you have no idea what you would run into. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. But that you don't have an idea what you're running into right now. Well, because we're still going forward, Henry. Yeah, but um, strange. Um, I, that's the uh, one. Uh, as Yogi Berra said, the future lies ahead. <laughs> Take the fork in the road. <laughs> my 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 favorite. Well, traveled. <laughs> my my favorite Yogi Berra quote will always be about the new restaurant in Los Angeles when he said, uh, "Nobody goes there anymore. It's too crowded." That's right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how would you know? <laughs> well, another quote that got my attention this week was uh, was this. I can't believe the Republicans will let the nation default. Mm, let me see. I think I read something close to that someplace. So, Joe Manchin. No, that was uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer at a news conference where Democratic leaders in Congress blasted Republicans on Wednesday for threatening to not help raise the debt ceiling later this year. Where do we draw the line on continually raising the debt ceiling? I've been asking that for a long time. Yeah, I don't know. Well, just a matter of, of 
It's just a matter of approving the money to meet our obligations. Yeah, yeah. As long, as, long yeah. as you're going to borrow money, you're going to have to raise it. I mean, unless you're going to bounce, start bouncing checks. I mean, there's, there's, in one sense, there's no choice. But we're spending, and everybody knows this logical, knows that we're spending ourselves into bad health. And eventually we will hit the slippery edge of the slope and collapse. Yeah, so what's the answer? I don't know. <laughs> we have to think through it. We have to think about that. Not politically, but we have to logically think through that. Where we go. And even if we, if we could get to our young people who are listening and watching everything, and they don't want to see our country collapse, and they don't want to live in degradation. But uh, maybe they have some answers. Well, bottom line is either you, you, you increase revenue or you cut spending or a little bit of both. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. And, yes. Uh, you know, it's a, and you and, and, and either, either one is a tough choice. Either one is a tough choice. Right, but you increase revenue by making investments, which is why we borrow money. I exactly. think the decision, yeah, the decision making on where we invest is the big question. Right. Do you invest in people or things? Or I mean, there's all kind of possibilities there, and many of those investments can pay off. If I mean, clearly in the past, we have come, we have had similarly high, uh, high uh, 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 debt levels as well after World War II. But we came out of it by, by some investments. We have to have a catastrophic event that changes the way we think about things, <clears throat> how we consume our natural resources, uh, like water and timber and minerals <clears throat> and stuff so that we're driving our country into a bad situation so it won't be able to handle future crises. We're not going to be that now, are we? Um, I'm I'm not sure, but we're close. <clears throat> yeah. But somebody has to come up with and think about these things. And well, we have to do a better job. Of, don't you think we have to do a better job of sort of a cost-benefit analysis? I don't think we do that very much. I think it's very hard sometimes to weigh <clears throat> the benefits, although we know the cost. And yeah. And and it takes a lot of time and a lot of expertise. And, and remember, guys, that the population is continually rising, and and we and that spells disaster itself. Well, we're consumers and also producers, and so I think the question is: Are we producing more consumers, or are we consuming more producers? Yeah, now, no, there's I mean, the quandary. <laughs> I mean, a rising population is important in many ways. If we were going the other direction, that would also be a problem. Uh, yeah, but uh, somehow we have to check. We're, we're going to eat ourselves alive. You know, the Earth can only produce so much foodstuff. And then we have to turn on each other. <laughs> I'm not having dinner with you, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sorry. you know the thing about this that, uh, that, that is frustrating. Historically, the political debate has always been the Democrats save money and Republicans cut taxes. And it and it doesn't matter which party you look at, there never seems to be any restraint where spending is concerned. Um, Republicans say it's the Democrats doing all the spending, but Republicans never seem to come up with something that they want to cut other than revenue um, as far as expenses go. 
And so the the idea of restraint just seems foreign to the people, unfortunately, that uh, are in control of the purse strings. Well, you could look at the controversy over and how much that cost us and what it went Bobby, I think we're getting. I think I'm we're getting, getting all kinds of echoes. Yeah, and and I'm wondering if it's uh, if it's Bobby's phone. Do you want to call me back on my cell phone? Yeah. Do you, do you want to call back into the studio on the other line? Yeah, I'll call you on my cell phone. Okay, great. Okay. I, I think yeah, I was getting all kinds of echoes all over the place. Well, still getting echo. Henry, how about you? I turned the transformer off to my cell phone charging system, so there's nothing on left. And, you know, that creates electromagnetic waves that interfere with telephone communication. So well, I turned that off. It's sounding better. Then, it's sounding better right now. Yeah, at the moment it is, but I say there was, there was still quite a bit of echo there for some reason. <clears throat> All right. Now it sounds okay to me. I'm not getting any. Okay, There's Bobby calling see. back. There, I think Bobby's back with us. Yep, and I don't hear any echoes, so it must have been that horrible. Thing. I don't either. Well, that well, sounds good. Yeah, that seems to. Have, well, that's that's good before we uh, before we get into the next uh, the next segment. Um, we've got a uh, break coming up here in a couple of minutes. If anybody has any more comments about whether or not we can ever uh, um, elect people that can show restraint. The population itself doesn't show restraint. And people elected by, uh, pop, uh, politicians elected by people. And people don't show restraint. So a lot of the uh, cause has to be found in the population itself. Yeah, and I think a key thing can be a productive economy. And when, when we have had occasions of balanced budgets, it's always been tied to a, an increasing productive economy. In the, in the last few years of the, uh, the Clinton administration, we had a year or two of balanced budgets, but that was because of the, uh, the, uh, the growing economy of that, of that time, the late 90s. Uh, and, and as I say, other than that, it's been a long time. And you might say that the tail is wagging the dog. We are, we, we think that they, we got people in Washington misleading, but then uh, they are told uh, if you don't vote the way you we will call you. These people are in uh, a quandary. Yeah, but you know, so much of that starts locally. Yes. You know, Bobby, I think that you understand what I'm saying. Yes, I do. I think, yeah. I th well, Henry, you and I agree a lot more than we don't agree. <laughs> do we? I hope so. Sometimes Thank I you. Be, uh, I think sometimes you just uh, try to trip me up. Oh, well, I do <laughs> that. <laughs> but, but, but I do agree with you. <laughs> well, we got to take a short break, and uh, hopefully we can all agree on that. If you're listening to us on 92.1 FM, Our Voices Radio in Flint, we're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do to when we go to break if you're streaming us we Everybody have some messages as well brand new dance now. hi this is mark farner and you're listening to the tom sumner program
I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can. Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call The X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place with magical charms, indoors, indoors, indoors. 
Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue with Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program with our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter, joined by political operative Bobby Clayton Walton. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you. Good to be here. Yep, great. Well, I'm still getting that echo. Yeah, I'm still getting a lot of echo. Let's see. What else I can shut off? Are you, does anybody, are does you anybody have their speakerphone? That's what I'm wondering. I, Henry, are you using no, I, a speakerphone? No. no. Okay. A headset or anything? I'll turn my speakerphone on for a second. Now my speakerphone is on. Now you sound mm-hmm. like you're in a cave. Okay. <laughs> now, no. uh, speakerphones have a way of doing that. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's press on as best we can. A curfew for minors will go into effect beginning last night and running through the rest of the week for the Back to the Bricks main event week in downtown Flint. Minors under 17 years old will not be allowed in the event area from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Uh, Tuesday, August 17th through Saturday, August 21st, unless they are accompanied by an adult per a City of Flint Special Public Events Curfew Ordinance. The curfew area is from 5th Avenue South to I-69 and southbound Chavez to Church Street. It is uh, Flint Police Department's objective to provide a safe and orderly environment during Back to the Bricks, a city news release states. Flint Police Department would like the residents of the city of Flint, its visitors, and the event participants to take part in this great tradition, knowing that enforcement measures are in place so they can capture the true experience of Back to the Bricks. The ordinance states that the parents of any children who violate the curfew face a $250 fine. Do you think this is an effective tactic to prevent problems during the event? Oh, well, I, I don't think so, because parents don't have control of the kids at that age. Kids are now free to act in ways that uh, others didn't a generation back. So kids are going to go out and test the system. And not all of them. There are some good kids out there, believe me. But there are some that are out there just to throw a rock at the police and blame somebody else. And we yeah, have to I, work I, for that. The police has to be on guard for that. And don't, don't condemn all of the kids for that. But there are those out there that walk among us. Yeah, I think the last thing they want is some some incident at back to the bricks for all the build up they've had over the years for that that uh, that event. The last thing they need is a, a shooting or something of that nature in the middle of a, some back to the bricks event. So I I can I, I'm sure all the downtown merchants are very uneasy about that. Yeah, I think it's like any other law or regulation. It depends on the implementation and the enforcement. Good well, Lord. people are going to be out there to pick on the police, for one thing. Because the police are, uh, are subjected to uh, criticism right now. So, we, you know, and they have to be cautious about how they react. So you set up a, you set up a, a, a condition here that's uh, very steamy and very volatile. 
Well, I'm well, a little... be hard to enforce. I, mean, I, think, I mean, the reality is by at 6 o'clock, it's going to be hard to enforce exactly who's out and who's not. But, I mean, I can, I can understand the motivation for the, like I say, the fear for damaging the, the event if, if you had a, a shooting or something like that. Is this the, you know, the the only thing they can do? My my concern is is that it presupposes that all problems that are likely to occur are caused by kids under 17 yeah. and is either gang-related or in some other way um, the result of young toughs. But I know a lot of people who might be considered parents who <laughs> are almost as bad right. behaved and, and possibly worse. Yeah, it's not going to be any guarantee of anything, particularly in light of what's been going on in Flint lately. I think we're uh, we're probably on track or close to on track for almost a record number of, of homicides this year, I think. Yes. Yeah, 39, I think. Yeah. In that area. Past it. Yeah, I, I often wonder why we have such high homicide rates in our cities, because it's always in the cities. Well, that's where people are, con that's where people are congested. More conflict, more contact. And more, um, if people think that they have a, a reason to push someone off the street or whatever because of their freedoms and stuff like that, you would like to have a conflict there. You know, when sharp contrast, I think I think I heard a couple of weeks ago that up in Bay City, when well, it's admittedly a smaller city, obviously, but I think they had two homicides in two years. I believe is the number I heard, if that's accurate. And we have every other day. We seem like we've got one. Yeah, and you know, and and Bay City and Saginaw are highly uh, diversified, highly, and those folks seem to have a better record of working with each other to solve that problem. They have a very yeah. lower, much lower incident rate of violence. Does Flint have um, a gang problem? Are gangs pretty strong here? Uh, I've, I've heard that. We have had at times, but it doesn't seem to be um, a, a current event. Huh. Because that, that's a problem in a lot of areas. You know, I thought maybe something was happening inside my house, so I went out to the deck and I still hear the echo. Oh, yeah, I can hear it. Well, my phones are off, so I'm looking for other things to turn off. Yeah, I turned oh. my computer down, so I, I don't know what it is. Well, it seems it. I, I I hate to say this, but it seems like it's uh, it's coming from Bobby's phone. I thought we fixed it by changing lines. I know. Well, we changed phones. Well, it may be just a transmission in the lines. You may. It <clears> might because, be. Well, you know, yeah. my home, my landline, and my cell phone are on the same. They're both uh, um, cell connected to each other. Yeah. Yeah, they're well. They're not really connected to each other, but they're both cell based. But I don't hear the echo now. So what happened? Yeah, at the moment it sounds good. Yeah. Well, let's press on while we have yeah. a window let's, here. Let's go out and look for sunspots. Maybe, <laughs> <you know. laughs> that's right. Yeah, maybe that's it. Either that or UFOs, Henry. <laughs> yeah, but you know, sunspots does interfere with telecommunication. 
Well, if, yeah. my, if my grandmother were here, she would blame it on communists. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's certainly rational. <laughs> well, following in her footprints, I, I, I tend to blame it on Russian hackers. But, um, but let's move on. Flint's, Flint's population has declined from 102,400 to 81,252, oh, yeah. representing a more than 20% drop in people living in the city in the last 10 years, according to 2020 U.S. Census data. The city's population is now at its lowest point in more than a century, according to historical census data. Just last year, the data estimated that Flint had a population of around 95,500 people. The 2020 U.S. Census data released Thursday, August 12th, was the first time the city dropped below 100,000 people since it surpassed the figure between 1920 and 1930. Flint's population peaked in 1960 with a total of 196,940 people. How can the city of Flint be right-sized for a shrinking population? Ah, you, you drive around the city and you see so many empty blocks. I think politically it's a hard sell, but you can make a good argument that, uh, that downsizing it might make some sense, but I don't think it's going to be able to to fly politically. But there's a prediction I read uh, maybe several years ago that Flint, by the 2050, is going to be down to 78,000. You might have read the same thing. Uh, well, we're uh, not that far from that right now. Uh, and um, one of the things that we need to do for Flint to grow is to have more young people from the counties moving back into the city. And they want to, and many of them are striving to do that. Uh, so that the population won't move as rapidly downward because of this phenomenon. We got many kids moving from Clio and Goodrich and other places back into the city. But I think that they they meet some objections uh, right away because of the um, stresses from the people who lived there for a long time and the politicians who think that these folks are going to change the dynamics there. But the, there well, is a great pattern. Have, you're not going to have a lot of people wanting to move back into the city and raise children <laughs> as long as there's a crime problem and um, well, the school system. Yeah, the crime issues. problem, the yeah. school system, uh, the, water, the water issue, all those things have fed into this. Yeah, uh, you guys bed, just beat me to the punch. <laughs> that was my oh, next sorry. point about crime. No, you're, you're right. You just chimed in. That helps to look, cause other people to look at the problem because one person talking himself doesn't really move anybody. But they can't beat the, us all. On, on top of that is some of the dysfunction in City Hall. I mean, you take a look at what, what's going on with the City Council so often, that can't yeah. encourage new businesses or anything else either. Yeah, it's true. You know, one of the best lines I've heard, this goes back a few years, is that somebody once said that uh, nothing wrong with Flint that 80,000 GM jobs couldn't fix. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's what I was going to suggest, is that Flint's population seems to rise and fall with, uh, with jobs numbers. <clears throat> but, guys, someone asking, what is the solution? Here's the solution. Just sit tight for another decade or two. The people from the West have to go someplace. 
and they're going to move into regions where there's water, where there's freedom from fires and stuff like that, uh, burning forests and destruction of property due to mudslides and stuff like that. That's going to cause people to move inland. Those hot well, you know, hey Henry, here in Michigan, I mean, places like in the western part of the state, Grand Rapids area, yeah. you're showing some real growth there. Uh, the areas that are showing their losses are places like Flint, Saginaw, Bay City, Detroit proper, although the suburbs are doing very well. Um, so it's, it's so the, But the western part of the state is showing some real growth. Yeah, we're going to see a lot of uh, population shifts here very shortly. How did the county I, overall do in the census? Do we know? We lost about 20,000. I think we went from about 425 to about 402 or 405. So we, the county lost about oh, yeah. 10,000. Uh, and that's basically all, nearly all those losses took place in Flint. Yeah, I have, uh, I, I have a piece coming up a little bit later where we're going to talk about population losses around the state and where Genesee County fits into that. Um, let's, let's go on to this one. Um, Matthew Smith, a Davison Community Schools Board of Education member, has been elected to lead the county Republican Party. Smith is facing a misdemeanor charge of malicious use of telecommunications services, a charge issued after a Michigan State Police investigation investigation linked his phone to a threatening call to a Democratic County clerk in the Upper Peninsula last year. He has pled not guilty in the case, which is scheduled for a jury trial in Genesee District Court on September 16th before Judge William Crawford. Smith did not immediately respond to a question from the journal about his pending court case. He has previously called the charge against him politically motivated. Judy Clymer, a member of the county GOP executive committee, said she agrees with that assessment, calling the case against Smith a political game. I have no reservations about him at all, Clymer said. I've watched him work and have great faith and confidence in him. Is this a political game? No. I don't know about the charges. I, uh, I was going to ask Henry here. Is there, uh, I've, I've heard that regional election, I'm getting echoes like crazy. Uh, is that, uh, I've heard there was a recent kind of a purge within the Republican Party of anybody yes, who was not a 100% Trump supporter and when yeah. they elected new officers. I wondered when you guys were going to begin to talk about that because that's been going on for some time and I don't have uh, the, the will to talk about it because uh, I, I have uh, fine supporters throughout the county and the state and, and to get involved into uh, a... I have uh, some reservations, but um, <clears throat> you know, I, yeah. Matthew Matthew Smith is first of all a very very intelligent man. He's young; he's uh, not even thirty yet. But he has been this good as when he was going to high school in Davison. And uh, but he's on the, think, is he still on the Davison school board? Yes. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, uh, and. I, I think with that pending case in court that that's going to hurt his um, credibility as he moves up because they, we, we had sensed him to become a United States senator by the time he was 35. He's that good. 
but sometimes ambition can hurt mm. folks, and I that's all I'll say about that. Good point, Henry. Yeah. Yeah. I um I had a run-in with his campaign once when I was working the polls for a candidate. Um, it was an issue that was very um, devious. And so I tend to believe that he's capable of doing what he's accused of doing, but I'll wait until I hear the results before I make a judgment on my own. I, you know, I've, yeah. he's been on the show several times, and, and I've, I've met him on multiple occasions. And I was a little surprised by this story. And, and, it, it, and it just now, Bobby, when you said you had a run-in with his campaign, it, it immediately made me wonder if, if he doesn't find himself like a lot of people do with zealots around him that, you know, may do things that wouldn't necessarily be in, in his character. Well, the issue was corrected once I brought it up. So it was not like, uh, and I did talk to his mother about it. And so, you know, it was taken care of. But um, when politics are concerned, I, I try very hard not to fall down on one side of the line or the other until I know more facts. Yeah, same here, <clears throat> because it's dangerous, because we live in glass houses. And, uh, well, not only that, I don't like, I don't like making any decision. I, I always say I'm a slow thinker, because I like to really get a lot of information before I fall one way or the other when I have to make a decision. You well, said that we sometimes think alike. I, I, uh, I, I, thought, it was, I thought it was interesting <laughs> that the... Um, Michigan State Police investigation, um, the phrase used was uh, very carefully chosen, linked his phone to a threatening call. Hmm. And I wonder if that doesn't add uh, more questions. Well, I think why would they want to link his why, why would the police they're saying they're saying a malicious phone call was made oh. and it was made from his phone. Oh, right. They said that But I it was, think there was one one friend of his who witnessed him or said that he witnessed him making I think it. I think I saw that. Oh, I, I now I haven't seen that, that. So that Yeah. I I saw that. Yeah. No, as I say, I was going to follow up on my other question about the, the changes in the Genesee kind of Republican Party. Has it become essentially an all-Trump party in terms of the recent elections uh, within the party? No, I don't think Trump. I don't think Trump has the question of Trump has much to do with this situation that's going on in Genesee County. Genesee County has been trying to rise, so it counts in the world for a long time. For years, it was only a footstool for everybody. It couldn't elect the people. And uh, so uh, people begin to question, well, why does it exist? What does it do? Even the state asked the same question. So we needed a way to rise, and Matthew Smith was one of those people that was supposed to uh, transform or transfer us into a, a new circumstance so they could, we could win positions in Genesee County. And uh, <clears throat> with all of that has happened, in the last couple of months, uh, that may be how that would come out would be uh, a question here. Will we be able to do it in this decade? 
Um, well, I wanted you know. to remind remind you, Henry, um, there was a young Republican named Paul Scott that was also seen as a oh, yeah. rising star. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, but somehow our young people uh, tend to self-destruct when they are that good and they are that popular. In fact, Paul and, Scott even uh, got the MEA thinking. endorsement for the first time he ran, yes. I believe. Yeah, yeah. Was that's right. And then the MEA came in and recalled him. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but see, this is why I say you must do what your people say when they send you there. You have a you have a loyalty to that cause, right or wrong, or good or bad. You, 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 there's no way that you can do any different. And Paul took that risk. Just for curiosity, Henry, does does Matt Smith live along Davison Road someplace? Yes, he does. The reason I he ask is because whenever, whenever my wife and I go out to, to, to VG's in Davison, this past past year, we saw all these Trump oh. signs, and I was I assuming it was Matt Smith putting them up there all along Davison that Road. Was yeah. And and uh, very nice home, very nice family, well cultivated, successful dad, uh, just with. Matthew had great opportunities. Yeah, well, I recall seeing the huge signs in what I assume is his yard along there. But uh, what's going to happen, we'll have to continue to watch this story because as it evolves, this is not the end. And uh, because there was a kind of a coup, some people call it, at the Republican Party. I've, I've heard that, name, that word used, yeah. yeah. And, and there are a lot of people that's not satisfied with that. And people do remember forever things that go wrong that antagonize them. So uh, they, there's a lot of rebuilding that we have to do in the Republican Party here in Genesee County. Well, uh, speaking as a person who values good government over politics, although politics play a role, I value good government and I look forward to the Republican Party being able to bring us good government because sure. I have a lot of sure. criticism about some of the decisions that are made and some of the policies that are established that I don't think serve the, the people well. And I will challenge any Democrat or any Republican who's making a policy decision when I say, how does that serve the public interest? Because I want to know. Good point. Yeah, and that's a, that's a good point to make. And people don't know that you feel that way. People don't know that people with an hardcore political situations are willing to change or willing to do anything different. But here we heard you say that I'm a Democrat, a strong Democrat, that believe in a democratic principle and support them. Yeah. But I believe yeah. in good government. But I don't think that everybody in that circumstance, Republican or Democrats, are in agreement with you. They may not be. I find myself uh, often standing alone. Well, in the but final analysis, be- any kind of government's got to deliver results. You can talk all you want about politics, but in the final analysis, you've got to deliver results, whether it's, you know, paving the roads or picking up garbage or public safety or a solid foreign policy. Well, you well, better believe that. On that note, it we're going to take done by good government, though. We're going to take uh, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be back and talk some more about uh, good government and a bunch of other things when armchair politics uh, continues. If you're listening to us on ninety two point one LPFM Flint, 
We're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner Program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine, and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. Say, objection. I object. I object to that, Your Honor. Oh, hi, Mom. What's up? Dana, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, Attorney General stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So listen, we just have to send them $200 in Edible Arrangements gift cards and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for Edible Arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam. Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, Report it to my office at mi.gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dana, 
Where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue now with Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program with uh, our um, roundtable. Can table. I just make a comment? Can I make a comment, an ending comment to that last conversation? Sure, go ahead, Henry. Uh, I, I wanted to point out that Bill Schutte was the same kind of person that Paul Scott and, uh, <clears throat> and Matt Smith are. And he started young, very young. And he went as high in government as he could possibly be. And he prevailed. So um, I, many people wanted to mirror that. And, you know, I just want to say this about uh, President Biden. Now, you notice that President Biden's popularity goes up and down. Now, Republicans already made their statements. So who's affecting this popularity? It's the Democrats that are dissident and the independents. And thank goodness that there are people who have good conscience and stuff to talk about uh, the shortcomings of the president when he acts badly. Like, for example, Afghanistan. Thank you. That's all I see. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Can I add to that, Henry? (laughs) I once worked for a politician, and the day he got elected and asked me to head his office, I said, if you ever forget, if you ever forget why you ran for office, you will find my foot planted very firmly. (laughs) <laughs> Out the door. Okay, thank you. We'll hold on that. Um, more than a year after a judge ordered Genesee County to end its ban on the possession or use of drones in county parks, the Board of Commissioners has changed its rules to allow the activity. Commissioners voted unanimously to make the policy shift at its meeting Wednesday, August 11th, but Parks and Recreation Commission Director Barry June said the action merely formalized a working policy that has allowed for the flying of drones since Genesee Circuit Court Judge Joseph Farah granted an injunction in February 2020 forbidding enforcement of the old policy. Uh, will drone watching replace bird watching in Genesee County Parks? Yeah, I was wondering what was the reason for the policy in the first place. I just seem as... Well, uh, guys, you know that's interference, don't you? That's it, with the privacy and the rights of individuals to spy on them. Like, for example, drones uh, in cities that well, buy into that's, that's drones that like are that. mounted with cameras, and I know that that's the popular way to to use yeah. them. But um, you know, there's there's a great number of people who get drones not to use uh, as as cameras, but to um, practice uh, amateur aviation. Yeah, and I have no problem with that, but it's the spy yeah. thing. And and isn't that just an expanded version of those little helicopters we used to buy and fly around? Yeah, yeah. I mean, particularly in a public place like a park. I mean, I can understand it in some yeah. over a private residence or something of like that might be some issues there. Or and I understand they can interfere with aviation at some level too. But for simply for a county park, I I don't quite understand what the issue was. 
Uh, I wonder I, if the drones are, if the drones are interfering with our transmission, and maybe, maybe that's, that's it. maybe that explains it. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> watching us. Yeah. Well, you know, Bobby, I'm glad you brought up those helicopters because I think I had one of those with, when I was a kid, and I think it's the reason I don't have a drone now. Um, <laughs> it was shut down. I, I crashed I that thing into crashed everything. <laughs> yeah, my brother had one. <laughs> yeah, I had, well, when I was a kid, I had one of those model airplanes. You could get to put a motor on and fly around on, mm-hmm. on wires and so forth. <laughs> Yeah, I as you said about about drone watching. Oh, and okay, we're still getting it. Then I thought of the drone watching us. Hello. I've unplugged absolutely everything in my house. <laughs> well, I I and hope that solves the echoing. problem. Um, well. It must be the transmission because I can't think of anything. Uh, yeah, I don't have any transformers running, running at all. R- R- Russian drones, I think, must be the must be the cause. Uh, that I don't know, and I'm sitting out on the deck so that I'm not even inside the house. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it comes and goes. You can say that again. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I couldn't resist. Well, former Michigan Governor John Engler appears to be behind a new political action committee backing former Detroit Police Chief James Craig's plans to take on Democratic Governor Gretchen Whitmer in 2022. Republican Engler, who was governor from 91 through 2002, is listed as treasurer of the We Need the Chief PAC formed last week. Craig formed what he called an exploratory committee to challenge Whitmer July 21st and said he will likely make an announcement after Labor Day, though Craig said, I'm running, during a TV appearance on Fox News that night. He appeared to pull back from that declaration in a July 22nd radio interview and is officially in the exploratory phase of running for governor, according to his Grand Rapids-based political consultant, John Yob. Is Craig a shoe-in for the GOP nomination? Well, I think Republicans would like to avoid a divisive primary, but I, I'm not so sure it'll be also that automatic. Um, but again, I think the, the fact that Angler is getting on board means they would like to avoid a divisive primary where some candidate who's really not a mainstream Republican like, uh, like Rick Snyder might get the nomination. Well, you know, uh, Gretchen Whitman now is cemented on firm surfaces. Uh, she is a formidable candidate. And uh, the Republicans, uh, we have seen nobody rise to that um, stature yet until J- James uh, Craig came along. And uh, the Republicans, it would meet uh, two goals. One, to invigorate uh, the political action in black communities, and also for a candidate that has some stature in the community. Uh, other than James, I think uh, Craig is the guy. I was going to say, is James definitely out, do you think, for, for running? I don't know. I've heard little mention of him, so I'm a little, I was a little surprised not to hear at least some mention of him as a possible candidate, but uh, I just wondered. 
And, and this, this, this would, uh, moving uh, Craig into that position would yeah. do a lot to, um, to repair past racial tendencies and modalities that Republicans have had mm-hmm. over the past years. Which is important. I think, um, as you're talking, Henry, it reminds me that I often told people who I encourage to run for Democratic seats that might fear that they can't win. It doesn't matter that you don't win. The big thing is to get your message out. If the Republican Party has a good message to deliver, to hold Gretchen Whitmer accountable for things that they would like to see either corrected or changed, then having a good candidate who opposes her is the best way to do that. Yes, and you know, Gretchen is vulnerable in places where she's made mistakes, terrible mistakes. Like for well, example, every, uh, every candidate is vulnerable if you point I, out what they've I, done. I, I know, At some level, yes, that's true. But yeah. but when when you when you're mining votes and stuff like that, that's bad. And uh, well, it is. You, know, you don't want to hold up somebody's bad qualities, but certainly if there's a change in policy sure. that you would like to see, bring it up. Yes. But the, I, say, uh, I I helped. Um, uh, what's his name? Kucinich run when he first announced for president, not because I thought he would win, but I wanted his positions on the issues to be discussed and be on the table. Yes. Yeah, that, that's the so important we'll part of, of any kind of party primary. <clears throat> but I, 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 I think black Americans or Hispanics, uh, people of color are going to count well. You can look for those kind of people moving ahead and taking center stage on the platform. Throughout and the, the current country. census is showing that, Henry. I mean, it, yeah. But the current yeah. census numbers are showing an increase in, in mino- yeah. what are commonly called minority numbers. Yeah. And the America, the the great thing about this is that the American people does not object. object. Well, the American object. people are the black and brown people too. Yeah, yeah. but I'm talking about that exactly the way so. it's always looked politically. But we know that the country is controlled by people who have money and position and power, and that's the white community. We know that. And white we are male. not going to get past that. Without, well, except uh, for Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are those that have the money. So, <laughs> but I've been, uh, but, I've but been advocating guys, for more appreciate. black and brown. I've been advocating but, for more black and brown candidates from the Democratic Party also. But not all black and white uh, I am not all people of color are good candidates. Does the no, fact that he comes from that law enforcement so, um, have any pardon? impact? Does the fact that he comes from law enforcement have any yeah. impact on yes. his I support from the black community? Yeah, we're going to have to put our police, we're going to have to get the police back into a favorable position for the American people to accept and admire. But they got to yeah, do a lot on their own to do that. The police. I, I think that defund the police slogan is going to fall by the wayside pretty fast, in light of a number of many current events. Well, I hear it a lot less now than I used yeah, to, so sure. it may have already, Paul. We have to take a short break for top of the hour uh, ID, um, but we will be back with the second half of. Uh, armchair politics coming up in uh, just a couple of minutes and uh, I hope you'll stay with us for that. Um, 
We have our uh, roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki on the left and Henry Hatter on the right. They're joined uh, this morning by political operative Bobby Clayton Walton. And uh, we will have the second half of Armchair Politics coming up on this station. And uh, if you're streaming us, right after this. Hi, I'm Alexander Zanjic. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. Tom Sumner. 